Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to the Practically Pastoring Podcast, where we want to help pastors and church leaders share ideas, become better shepherds and leaders, and have a good time with friends. Welcome. To the Practically Pastoring Podcast, my name is Frank, and I'm glad that you are here. I'm surrounded by all my friends from across the country. We got, in Baltimore, Maryland, Jeffrey Simpson. Hey, everybody. <laughs> down in Baltimore, down in Sumter, South Carolina with... Baltimore, um, South Carolina. There you go. <laughs> with some uh, COVID, I think. Delmar Pete. I got something. I'm good to be here, though. Over in the Morning After Ministry studios, we got Andrew Larson. Greetings and salutations, one and all. And out of the basement of the Jaguar Stadium, we got Timothy Miller. Frank, there's no basements in Wish Florida. There, there's no basement, but if I could be in Duval right now, I would be. But alas, I'm home. Hey, guys. We got uh, two questions from a Facebook, not my Facebook group, not our Facebook group, but a Facebook group. See, and, we all uh, knew you thought of it as your group all the no, time. And there no. it is. Freudian oh my slip. Okay. <laughs> my, let's let's hear here's question one. Let's talk about gossip. How do you handle this? Especially when there is a small group constantly making up things around the church. Do you have church meetings to clarify all the myths? Thank you in advance. So what do you do? I mean, I like it's this is not just a small church thing. This is like an every church thing. There's going to be people that like to gossip and you know, look up people's LinkedIn's and people's wives and figure out all these kinds of stuff and then talk about it. And so what do you do uh, as pastors? How do you squash the gossip? <laughs> Once a month we have a spill the tea meeting. And we just get it all out. Right there on Facebook Live, right? Yeah. I think I saw it. We we play the uh, the rumor weed episode of Larry Boy, um, just on a loop in our fellowship hall all the time, and so whenever anybody comes in, they are reminded of what a little rumor can can do. Because that one guy, he's not actually a robot. When he said his his batteries were low, he just meant that he needed a nap. I uh, I sat under a pastor for a long time who never preached the same sermon twice, except there was one sermon he would preach multiple times, and it was the power of the tongue. And I knew that there was some sort of gossip or rumor weed going around the church because that's the only time he would <laughs> preach that sermon. So I so he would heard start, six... and you'd be like, oh oh uh oh. Everybody knew, dude. Ev- we're all like, "Who was it? Who said something? Like, are we? Who's who's in trouble right now?" So you could go that route. Would he ever actually address it, or was it just passive aggressive like that? Oh, it was passive aggressive like that. Oh no, it was. I, I don't. I don't know if it was addressed behind closed doors, but he he was open with me about. Yeah, I preach this sermon whenever I know there's gossip going around the church, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. We, and, you know, gossip is one of those things, like, it seems to always lead to some sort of bitterness. Always. Which is, like, the root of how much of the stuff that goes wrong in our church, you know? So, yeah, it is it is definitely a natural 
thing. So, I mean, whatever y'all do to cut it out. I know for us, we'll call a meeting with a with an elder in a heartbeat. We'll say, hey, let's get this room and talk, um, and let's see what's going on. I know one time I heard something through the rumor mill about somebody who was um, not – there was a, something going around about their lifestyle. We'll just leave it there. And they were in leadership, and, and I was tapped to say, hey, you have to talk to them. And I, and I sat down with them. I said, listen, I heard this, and I have to tell you about it because if I don't, I've just participated in gossip, and I'm not going to participate in gossip. So out of respect for you, I want to ask you, is this true? So, like, that's an approach that I've taken before, and even when other people say things, say, hey, listen, I heard this. I hate gossip. I don't believe in it. So as awkward as it is for me to ask you right now, I want you to know I'm not going to gossip about you, so I'm going to just come to you and ask you. And it, it's still an awkward conversation, but if they are gossiping about you, it's a way of letting them know you respect them still, and it does take some of the sting out of it. I had this boss one time who uh, had inadvertently said something about somebody who we worked with, and it turned out to be true, and he didn't want people to know that. So then he went around and started to make up rumors about everybody else that we worked with so that there would be gossip flying all around about everybody, and nobody would know which gossip to believe. It was like – Andrew, this, tw- this sounds 20, a lot like tw- 22, 24 minutes long, the whole thing of took. an episode of The Office, but Bro, I could Bro, I was wrong. thinking the same thing. <laughs> Michael Scott that's, saying it all. That's exactly what it was, yes, because the the answer to this question is so easy and simple. It shouldn't take up more than 30 seconds of our podcast. Confront gossip. Don't participate in gossip. Boom. Done. Also, can I throw something else out there? And I, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here. Man, when you hear the gossip, especially when it's about you as the pastor, you can't you can't let that just seep into your soul. You know what I'm saying? Like, you've got to have a place for that, that, you know— even if there's a merit of truth in it, the fact it's coming to you that way, there's something in there as well. So, like, um, yeah, I think that confrontation helps it fit in your soul better. But how many times have I heard something and then I just let it, like, wreck me? And it's like, man, it's just gossip, you know? I feel like um, there's been a couple of times where I would go up. I remember, I think it was, like, my youth pastor in high school. But I would go up to him and I would tell him something that I heard. And he he would do something that... I only felt good in the moment, but I think long term it made me realize that he was like had a lot of integrity, and I wish more pastors or ministry leaders would do this when they see gossip. Is he would say he's like, "Hey, this feels like gossip. Are you sure you should be sharing this with me?" And um, and when he did that, I was always like very convicted. I was like, "Man, that's like, like I probably shouldn't." I immediately knew it was gossip, and I probably shouldn't have. And I would probably like argue with him and be like try to justify it that I was why I was doing it, but. I think if we, not just like to not participate in gossip, but like it could be a discipleship opportunity for our people when someone, whether it's the old lady who knows all the tea of everybody or the young the young guy who just wants to get ahead by feeling like he has this information he can share with you, is to like challenge them and say, hey, I feel like this might be bordering on gossip and I'm not comfortable like talking about this. So you know, I would encourage you, like, if you're worried about someone's sin or someone's, like, life, like, to confront them directly. Um, and if it's necessary for us to bring an elder or something like that, like, we can talk about that. But, like, if you're just sharing with this with me because you have this information, I don't think this is good for anybody. So. We had a rule in student ministry back when I was a good youth pastor. Andrew and I talk about this often because I feel like we used to be pretty decent youth pastors. 
before we do any trip or event, we would lay the ground rule of if that person is not here, we are not talking about them. So then there would be a gentle reminder all throughout the trip, not here, not talking about them. Uh, I think scripture is very, very clear when it comes to, to gossip and, and slander and all of the above. So we, we, we should, and it's our responsibility to do what, I guess, was that a mentor of yours, Frank, to, to shut, shut that down? I think that was, that's a really wise uh, pastoral advice there. All right. Well, let's uh, uh, dive into uh, a second question. This is very simple. What are you doing for Christmas or Advent, depending on uh, how spiritual you are? What are you guys doing this December? Thank you for including me. <laughs> uh, we're just doing an, we're right now we're in a series on the Apostles Creed slash Nicene Creed. And so that's going to lead into Advent. Um, and we're this year we're going to focus on the phrase fear not, um, both in terms of the Christmas narrative and in terms of eschatology. So we're going to hit a little bit of that. So that's what we're doing for for Advent. Jeff, do you want me to uh, send you my Dropbox Fear Not series? I think it's sure. four weeks long-ish. Yeah, do it. It's really good. I got saved twice. Nice. We are um, we're going verse by verse through the book of Philippians. We're starting next week. It's called Joy to the World. We'll be building in some some Christmassy themes and elements into the series, but our people were clamoring to get back into uh, a book of the Bible. That's kind of our, our style. It's what we love to do. So we'll start Philippians, and we'll take the rest of the year, including the Christmas and Advent season, and go through the book of Philippians. I think it'll, it'll lend itself well to Christmas, even though it's not a specific Christmassy text. We are about to kick off a pretty long series in James. So it's our verse-by-verse, verse, kind of like Tim. So, you know, as we get to it, you know, we're not going to be oblivious to what's going on. And we will be having, and probably this is a, for a different podcast, like Christmas Eve is on a Sunday this year. Yeah. So that, that does change up, you know, how we're doing things. So um, that will affect, you know, what we're, what we're speaking about on that Sunday. Oh, I want to ask that. I want to ask two questions after I hear from Andrew about this. But go ahead, Andrew. What do you guys do for Christmas? Um, we are still putting everything together. I think after the past couple of years, it's weird kind of being in a church for uh, something really funny is happening because Tim's face has turned completely red. He's laughing so hard. I missed it's it because you're basically saying I don't know what I'm doing for Christmas. No, no, like, no. It's, it's, it was we, you we, saying we, it without saying it. We all knew it. We we have. Uh, Dang. that's hurtful kind of accurate but but hurtful <laughs> at least you no, said I, it to your face okay i i think we're we're hmm. just going uh luke two, or or luke uh to to go through kind of the the whole the, the whole story kind of from uh the announcement of john's birth through the announcement of jesus's birth to to simeon and Anna, just kind of all, all of all of luke and uh but emphasizing the idea of watching and waiting we've we've kind of unintentionally been on the theme of what do you do when you have to wait for god to show up or when god's not acting like you would expect him to be acting we we just um finished a series in habakkuk and the whole idea was you know how what is what should your response be when you don't agree with how god is handling something mm. we have so much of this these you know people are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and the only person that doesn't seem to have the narrative of waiting is Mary, who was like, hey, surprise. So um, that that's kind of the theme, but it's not at all fleshed out yet because 
we have a full-time staff of one and it's and it's me. So I don't have to get my notes to anybody quite yet. I'm going to ask you guys the question about Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve in a second. But um, I want to ask you guys this question to tell you what we're doing. Do you guys know there's a difference between the Catholic version of Advent and the Protestant version of Advent? Do you know what that difference is in terms of like the four themes? There's four themes of Advent, right? Yes. One of so do you know what where I mean, this is not this is the dumbest test. I just learned it this this like two weeks ago. Do you know where they the of the four themes where they different where the Catholics and the Protestants change it? Um, if I was looking at it, I I would because I've kind of plugged I use plug and play for whatever works sure. better for sure. with what I'm preaching that year. <laughs> sure, so I've sure, sure. so so I've used sure. them both. I know that the Christ candle is the same, and the joy candle is the different colored one on week three for yeah. both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so. So the four themes I think for the Catholic Church is hope, love, joy, and peace. For the yeah. Protestants, they exchange love for faith, and so it's hope, faith, joy, and peace. And yeah, there's the Christ candle, and so it's all it's all really interesting because I'm I'm the one um, in our sermon series for that for December doing the sermon on faith, and and that's the one that's different than the Catholic Church one. Um, we're 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 doing something very different. We've always talked about the word Advent, and we try to define it, and we kind of stored Advent as a concept for the month, only for like family discipleship, but never really like as a whole church for our sermons. And this is the first time we're actually celebrating Advent truly. We're gonna pull out a candle, we're gonna light it, we're gonna do the Christ candle and all that kind of stuff. And um, and so I'm really excited because this isn't like in the past we've had these different like series. It's like. You know, what What if Christmas was all year long or during COVID we're like, does it even feel like Christmas anymore? And like having these like these themes that were Christmas like, really, at like, the movies. <laughs> we never do that. <laughs> never we do have. that. Don't <laughs> but uh, but we're doing a true Advent series. So I'm really excited about it. Um, OK, so question. Chris Delma brought up Christmas Eve is on a Sunday. So. Is your is that Sunday going to look any different than a normal Sunday? Are you going to have a an evening service? And if you are, is it going to be the same as your Sunday morning message? Are you going to do something different? What does that Sunday look like for you guys? If you are following the Advent calendar, it, it, it should be different because the way that the Advent calendar presents itself is that it's the four Sunday mornings or the four Sundays before Christmas Eve. And so you can't have the Christ candle for the fifth service of advent with it being the exact same unless you're writing the lighting the christ candle at the end of the you know 12 identical services on christmas eve day or christmas eve weekend um then i guess that could make sense so you know you light the fourth candle at the beginning of the service and then you light the christ candle and sing silent night at the end of the service but we are having a typical sunday morning service on christmas eve uh, minus our fellowship hall time and then a christmas eve service on christmas eve night yeah, we talked about this with my my board, and um, our situation is that we have renters in our building who come on Sunday night and Sunday afternoon, and um, it's you know the main thing is not about us losing the rental income, but it's about we don't want to take away their Sunday either. Uh, so we're just doing our Sunday, uh, our Christmas Eve candle lighting service, like you just said, Andrew, at the end of our Sunday morning, and we're going to have a Christmas cookie thing. Uh, so that will be kind of the last Sunday of Advent right into the Sunday evening, typically Christmas Eve service. So we're literally going to black out the windows and light Christmas candles and 
end with Silent Night and light the Christ candle. Um, and what's extra awesome is someone else is preaching on December 31st. So I literally like we'll have the whole week of Christmas to just hang out with family and all that. To so come to be... Florida and hang out with me and Tim? No, I'm going to stay here where it's actually Christmas weather. Well, I hope Amen. you don't get to see your Florida family then. And I, well, they'll probably be here. So anyway, um, hopefully it'll snow and it'll be really fun. But yeah, that's what we're going to do. We debated it. Uh, we thought about kicking out the renters and, um, you know, we were like, yeah, you know, but that's kind of tough on them because they really want to have their normal Sunday night service. That's their main service. And uh, we'd hate to, you know, for the gospel to not be preached to a whole nother group of people in our building. So that's what we're doing. We're uh we're doubling up our morning services and we're doing a basically a Christmas Eve service on our Sunday morning, so that way some of the elements that we would do normally at Christmas Eve, um we're we're going to be doing those during our our morning services. So and then similar to you, Jeff, we have someone else preaching the next week and um I I met with the we met with the staff the other week and the elders and and we kind of decided we're actually going to use our our all of our teams. Um, so we're going to have worship done by someone not on staff um, and and the sermon. So the whole staff is getting the week between Christmas and New Year's off, which is which is kind of cool. Um, that I've never been in a church where they gave the whole staff off like that. So it's very welcomed. That is fantastic. That's that's been part of our tradition for a while now, Dale. We we always have the offices closed in between Christmas and New Year. So it's like a it's almost an unspoken, an extra week of vacation for the staff that's not built into their their formal contract, their package. So it's kind of just like a, an extra blessing that we get to do for them. Uh, we are doing something a little different this year for Christmas Eve. Uh, we're we're going to have our traditional Christmas Eve services, which we do at night on Christmas Eve Eve. So it'll be Saturday night. So we'll do two services, candlelight, Saturday night, and those will be identical and then we'll have our normal Sunday morning services. However, those are also going to be Christmas Eve services. So we're just basically doing four identical services. Two will be at night and two will be in the morning. And I'm guessing Andrew's going to comment any second now because he probably knows a little bit more of the background here. Yeah, there's uh, – Andrew. What, what's the reason for that decision, Tim? I, is it because it of your desire to, to be do... just devout or your – your desire to serve your community as best as you can. Why? Why would you make a decision like that? I just What's thought, happening you know, at four o'clock on Christmas Eve day? <clears throat> the game's at four fifteen. I just thought it would be really nice <laughs> if if we could have our volunteers and our staff. We could give them a night off. Like, hey, Christmas Eve, you actually get to be with your families. If you have tickets to the Jags Bucks game in Tampa and you'd like to go, you know what? Take your family, you guys. This year, we're just we're, we're giving you the time to go do that. I'm sure our staff and our elders, our, our volunteers are going to be very thankful to have Christmas Eve off for the if first time. If you wanted time. to worship the Lord with your church family, well, that's too bad. But Saturday night, Jeff, thanks for bringing that up. Saturday night is your chance to do that with your church family. And for the first time ever, you're going to have Christmas Eve with your family um, at Lakeview. So we're, we're excited. And the mega churches nice. down the street will be full of Lakeview members. It'll Packed. be wonderful. Well, It'll be you? wonderful. Well, since how most of the Lakeview you? members had been at the mega church down the street before coming to Lakeview anyway, it'll just make sense. It'll be like homecoming. I was like, that's one of the worst reasons to, to to have a Christmas Eve service, especially if you're 
not thinking of doing one because you're afraid your members may go to another church. It's like there is a <laughs> lot going on in there. But you know you know how much that probably actually happens, y'all? Like oh, yeah, real talk? Sure. For sure. Tim, I, I, I thought you were going to say that you gifted every staff member at your church tickets to the Bucks and Jags game so they can or they can be together at that game. I was like, that's a very generous Christmas gift. Um, you obviously haven't seen the tickets for that game right now. They've, are they expensive? Are very, very expensive. Frank's okay. church is the church that people from smaller churches in Milwaukee go to when their church doesn't have services. Right, Frank? Uh, I mean, <laughs> we, we do have priesters for sure. We do have those people that show up, but... But I will say this, um, we are on Christmas Eve um, doing a Christmas Eve service, but I think it's going to be more of like a worship uh, night as opposed to like uh, a full-on like message and things like that. But that's where we're going to Are gonna you calling the... it, oh, come let us adore him? I mean, because you really should. You're, you're missing a chance if the service is not billed as, oh, come let us adore him. Maybe I actually haven't seen the promotion for it, so maybe call central right now and tell your branding call central person. Right now. <laughs> Make an appointment with the senior pastor, and in the, the next horn. sixty days he'll get back to you, and then <laughs> you can you can get in there. But text his and, real phone. Don't text his burner yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Don't his burner like, reach phone. Out to, reach out to him directly, not his third admin, and yeah. just say I've got an idea for the Christmas Eve service. And maybe uh, the calendar will, sc- will scooch in. And he's going to say, who is this? Guys, we have one admin for the entire church. So I don't know your third admin. Hey, here's the last question. New Year's Eve is a Sunday. Okay? So I want to know what you guys are doing. I'll go first so that we you guys can already pile on the jokes and make fun of us. Um, we are uh, going fully online. We are not going to have any in-person services. We're going to uh, pre-record the service and, and put it online, uh, COVID style like we did. And it gives the opportunity, to, obviously, for the whole staff to take the break on that Sunday. And um, uh, fully assuming that, you know, New Year's Eve Sunday was going to be a lighter Sunday anyways. So people are going to be at home. What What are you guys doing? So do you tell, after you give the announcement about how, like, online church isn't real church and then you announce this, how do you, how do you finesse that? I don't know. <laughs> All I know we're is that reg- we're just having a regular service. Uh, but someone else, someone else is preaching. I don't know what she's going to preach on, but she's going to preach on nice. Oh, yeah. this is your church now. I thought you were talking about my church. No, hey, my I thought church. you were making. I thought you were making fun of me. All right, cool. No, I was not. So you have, a, yeah, you have a regular <laughs> service on New Year's Eve. Regular service, yeah. Cool, Andrew Dell Duval. I I think we are doing the regular service as well. Typically, this would be the service that we move into the fellowship hall. Um, We're going to have to play with whether or not we can do that because as we've grown a little bit, the fellowship hall services have gotten very full. So, Mm. um, But hopefully, I I love the idea of the short service. Let's put a bow on Christmas and let's eat together at the beginning of the service. The whole service is 45, 50 minutes instead of hour plus long service and then people at our church typically stick around an hour and a half ish after church eating and drinking coffee and hanging out together and so um by eating at the beginning of the service i get home by eleven forty-five instead of one thirty or 2 so that's kind of the hope for christmas eve but we got to say nice there's a guy who i served in ministry with a few years ago and uh he left and now he's come back to sumter 
and uh, he's a chaplain now, and he's he's really beloved. He's he's like our age, and uh, he's going to come and preach our our New Year's Eve service. And actually, uh, his grandma even comes to our church, so that's like a blessing for like quite a bit of people in our church. So we're not just trying to like plug and play with a gen, like a guest speaker, you know, who texted in on a Facebook group and asked if he can get behind. I was going to say, didn't that guy just <laughs> reach out on Facebook asking if he could have an yeah. opportunity to preach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So less, there, there's your lesson. We even when we need people, we try to get people who we know is going to edify the context we're in. But yeah, we're we're having him come and he's going to preach. And like I was saying earlier. Our worship team is going to be led by um, lay leader team staff, and they they got it handled. I feel really confident in in there. I think um, I think our pastor may attend, um, but uh, I think I'm I'm going to be out that day, so I'm going to enjoy it. I'm with you, Del. My family and I were taking off uh, the day after Christmas, little surprise trip. Uh, kids don't even know about it, so we'll go we'll see some snow. There. Um, actually, Hopefully. I think we'll be we'll be not far from you. We're we're gonna get up to Hilton Head uh, oh, yeah. for seven eight days, something like that, and do New Year's there. One of my elders will be preaching. Confirmed that last week, so it'll be our, a normal normal Sunday for us. Just a guest guest preacher, and I'll be with the fam for a couple of days. So stoked about it. Well, let's hear your plans as you're listening to us. If you can go to the Facebook group, uh, tell us. What are you doing for Christmas Eve? What are you doing for New Year's Eve? What are you doing for your Christmas series? Inspire those like Andrew who haven't even started their Christmas planning so that we can all be better together and we can get practical as pastors. Yeah, what's, what's this be- all about anyway? Christmas, we, we need to plan that in advance? Yeah, yeah, you have to come up with new material for the same story every year. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. That's why you watch movies, right? You just look hey, Andrew, what on. are you going to preach about on Easter? <laughs> Probably the resurrection or something. Oh, I don't one. know. How original. Um, with that being said, I'm Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson. I'm Delmar Pete. I'm Andrew Larson. And I'm Timothy Miller. This is Project Pastoring. See you next time. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening. Get connected to other pastors by joining the Practically Pastoring Facebook group, where we get to share ideas and make each other better.